Welcome to the Woke Blokes podcast, hosted by Nick Sutherland from MindFit and Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing. Let's get into today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Woke Blokes podcast. Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing here, joined as always by Nick Sutherland, the Sultan of Steel, the Miracle of McRae, uh, MindFit's own, the the Buddha of Mr. Buddha Nature himself, uh, Mr. Under the Bodhi Tree, Nick Sutherland. (sighs) You're getting ridiculous. You really like trying to test my ego, don't you? You really like trying to just let's see if we can feed the ego. Let's see if it comes up, but it's 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 not it's not rising to the occasion. I know it's because it's because yours. Uh, isn't desiring to be fed that makes me want to feed it more. So I have other, I have other, I have friends, and I know they gobble that shit up, and so I don't give them anything. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're 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 cooking in the kitchen this morning. We uh, we really need to do a, a woke blokes. Uh, cooking in the kitchen i know i turned on nick nick joined the meeting room in zoom and he was in the kitchen you know getting stuff done and he looked like a ian hewitson had lost a heap of weight and grown a goatee (laughs) (laughs) and we're just putting a sprinkle of fucks in there and a a a double of stillness over there and just uh yeah baking baking up some some delights and then everybody I'm I'm great. I'm I'm really good actually. I'm feeling nice. I'm feeling uh, peaceful yet energetic. Um, yeah, I'm, I feel in flow a little bit actually. It's quite nice. Yum. yum. Yeah, yummy. I'm 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 flummoxed. You're flummoxed. At uh, what? I am flummoxed. Um, how humanity has lasted this long. <laughs> Have you seen or witnessed something that has uh, brought this flummoxed feeling on? Well, you know, my tendency is to observe and and just, just without judgment, but just sitting in it. And, and what I'm observing more and more is just how deeply irrational mankind is. And uh, we're going to talk about some Buddhist terms today and philosophies and whatnot. And it's it's hilarious it, it's people like the we've spoken about the ego a lot the ego doesn't like things that are different to it and so as soon as the ego sees something that's different it goes i don't like you i'm afraid of you um because you're different so now i'm in fear i'm gonna defend myself the best form of defense is to attack and i'm gonna attack and so Everyone, everyone's walking around on guard and everyone's mm. walking around, you know, in this separateness and then there's a disconnected, um, oh, I don't like you, I'm afraid of you. That, that, that's absolute language, so I'll reframe that. Not everyone is walking around, but but there is a theme where, where a lot of people walk around in this, in this state and they're, they're just that, you know, fight, flight, hypersensitive, hyper-aware, and it's like, oh, I don't like that. Oh, trigger, trigger, trigger. And, and you know, we've, we've had many world wars, and we, we treat each other so poorly. If you sit back and, and just look at things in the news, like, do we, I don't know how we're still here, honestly. 
<laughs> yeah, well, we um, uh, well, what book did I read a while ago? I was talking about just in the twentieth century. How many? Doctor Seuss. How many? No, no. I do love the cat in the hat, though. Tommy, Tommy was watching a bit of Cat in the Hat, and we got some of the books. And I read him the book. He got a new one a few weeks ago, and it's brilliant. The Cat in the Hat book. It is just fant. It's so fun to read. There's such a good yeah. energy behind it. Um, but yeah, book a while ago. It might have even been Eckhart Tolle, um, Power Now. But he speaks about that just in the 20th century, how many human beings killed other human beings, and it's just wild like forget natural disasters and you know famines and that kind of thing we just love killing each other really and other things i was i was chatting with someone the other day about um when we head up to queensland you know we've got 40 acres i wouldn't mind getting a rifle just to ping some cans and stuff and he's like oh you're gonna you're gonna shoot some roos or anything and i'm like it's just no, it's it's cheating. It's like we're, we're, humans think we're the apex. Yeah, you know, but you, you got a that. gun though. You got a gun. Oh, you got yeah. to you got to yeah. use it. Yeah, you're gonna you can't just shoot cans. Got to kill something yeah. with a heartbeat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then hang it on my wall. Put it, but make a rug. <laughs> put its put its head on the wall. Stand on it. So then, when when boss. when the other fellas come in, you can be like, "Yeah, I shot that one myself," and they'll go, "Good on you, mate." Yeah, and now and now try and do it without a gun. <laughs> See if you're the apex predator. <laughs> Can't try and kill a kangaroo with your bare hands, or try and try and kill a a lion with your bare hands and see who's boss. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, mate. Those kangaroos, they, they balance on their tail and they kick with those back legs. They take your kneecaps out straight away. Or your dick. I reckon they, you get a big one, they balance. <laughs> that's, that's where kicking the dick came from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Skippy. Skippy had enough one day and just kicked that kid in that show in the dick. But imagine that. Those big bang right in the cock. That'd be, you'd be in all sorts. But like from a strength, like power to weight ratio, yeah, we're not that. We're not that strong, you know. And we're so flimsy. Like, you, you know, imagine a, a kangaroo raking your stomach. Your guts is going to spill out everywhere. Like, we are, we are very delicate creatures yeah. when it's all said and done. Like, you know, other animals are, 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 have thicker skin and all that stuff. So we're, we're ridiculous how it's the ego illusion of grandeur. We are the best. We are the most important. We are the most powerful. And, and we're really not. So... Yeah, so it's just been fun just, just laughing at how irrational mankind is. Yeah, it's like I, I, I like what you said like about it's very evident um, if you have the eyes to see about everybody walking around kind of with their defences up. And it's like mm-hmm. I, I came, you know, obviously from a world of, uh, you know, drug addiction, being around other drug addicts, being one myself and, and, and going in that scene. And it's really interesting because that, that thing is really highlighted in that community, but it's actually kind of more of an authentic expression in that community. Yeah. It's like you can yeah. go, if, if someone's, you know, uh, a thief or always on the lookout on defensive or hate someone, it's like they'll just say it and they'll be really, you know, <laughs> open about it. And so when I came out of that world and now doing the work that I do, I can see everybody is like that. But most people go around and, you know, they'll see someone to their face. They're like, oh, how Nick, yeah. it's so good to see you. You look so good. Then they turn their back and go, I fucking hate that cunt. It's like, it's, it's more inauthentic. You know what I mean? But but everybody's mm-hmm. doing that to an extent. Not to say there was very, very unhealthy expressions of it in the drug addiction community. But, you know, it's, I remember I read a, a Gabor Mate, one of his books and, 
continues to work with addicts as a, as a GP in the uh, downtown of Vancouver. And um, he had one addict come in one day and uh, Gabor went to like get something from the other room, a prescription pad or whatever it was. And he came back and the, the patient left and his phone was gone. And he's like, he wouldn't have just stolen that phone, would he? And then he came back in like the next day or whatever it was for another appointment. He goes, did you steal my phone? Yes. He goes, yeah, doc. Yeah, I'm a drug addict. What can I say? And he goes, and Gabor said, there was something really just reassuring and authentic about that, even though he took my phone. It's like, yeah, I'm a drug addict. I took your phone. That's my, it's, it's, it's my nature. It's, this, is, this is how I roll. Um, yeah, I, I love, I'm, I'm deeply attracted to authenticity. I'm, I'm, oh, I had a, this is interesting. I had a client yesterday. Um, he'll know who he is. He's, he'll be listening to this. Um, and, and he said something wonderful that, for him, why why MindFit's working so well for him is because he's in it, this is his words was um, because Nikki, you're the real deal, uh, and he said when he first turned up, you know, he's his he said his mind operates in a way that you know protects him. And it's like, oh, I'm not too sure. I'm sort of dipping my toe. I'm half in, half out. But then, you know, he said, listen to the podcast, and and after doing the sessions we've done, he he got to experience that. You know, I, I walk and talk this and, and live and breathe it. And um, and it was, uh, no one had really reflected that to me before, but that, that is something that um, early on I did focus on. It was really important to me to turn up and, and not connect with them on an intellectual, this is how smart I am or this is how much I know or this is how wisdomous, you know, I am. But it's, it's just that, that, Connecting on that wisdomous, wisdomous, yes. Um, <laughs> it's a bit of a paradox, isn't it, it is, isn't it? <laughs> um, it's fun, but yeah, and, and so because if you if, if if I'm practicing equanimity and I'm practicing um, cultivating stillness within me, that's gonna that's going to reach someone's suffering uh, or dukkha. Um, which we'll talk about later, um, and and that they're going to sit there and go, oh, oh, this this person has done the work. They are they are further down the path than me, so they are worth following. I suppose you know if you want to look at it in those terms. Yeah, I think you know it's something that we teach. We're currently re- recording a, a program for our embodied processing community. And embodied, you know, that's that's kind of the, one of the words of the, the modality. But we teach all the stuff that we're teaching. We keep kind of, I find myself reiterating it over and over again. It's like, you know, we've got to take ourselves to these places before we want to take someone else. We need to really, mm-hmm. you know, work through these things. And it's, it's like we've got to, otherwise I'm trying to take someone through a terrain that I'm not familiar with. You know, mm-hmm. we, I brought this up uh, probably a bunch of times on the podcast, but when the mother brought the the child to see Gandhi because the kid was eating too much chocolate and getting a bit chubby and said, you know, Gandhi, they waited hours in line to see him and they said, you tell him to stop eating sugar. And Gandhi says, no, I can't do that. Come back one month. And so he goes, oh, that was a waste of time. So they waited a whole month, got back in line again, hours and hours, walked up to Gandhi. Gandhi saw the kid and goes, stop eating sugar. And the mother's like, why didn't you tell him that a month ago? He goes, because I was still eating sugar and I wanted to make sure that I could, wasn't eating sugar before I gave advice on it. And so I think that um, we, you spoke about, you know, the irrationality and, and humankind uh, before. And I think there's so much uh, people who have, a, have those defenses up and have a mask on and they're not really walking their talk 
in life to an extent. And mm-hmm. so I think some people, when they say they go to work with you, work with me, work with someone else, they're always kind of half in trying to work out, is this person legit or are they, mm. you know, full of crap? And and so well, sub- subconscious, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot happening below the surface. You know, if someone walks into a discovery session with me, yes, they're, they're intellectually gathering information and processing, but deeper down, there's some work. You know, they're feeling they're feeling it out too. And um, if they don't find what they're looking for, then it's not going to be attractive to them. So they're not going to want to come back. Yeah, of course, of course. And there's part of them that's always like, is this going to be safe for me to open up to this person? Because oftentimes people, if they're coming in for this kind of work, especially when they haven't done it before, it's uh, being able to talk about things and go places that they may uh, have feared to tread in the past. But if they know they're across from someone who's been there in their own psyche and their own life, then all of a sudden it's like, okay, it can be done. And Nick, this guy uses words like wisdomous, so, you know, he can't be that. I put him up on a pedestal too much. <laughs> Fuck you very much. Um, it, it's, yeah, when, when a client says, oh, I've, yeah, they, they, they'll say something and they go, oh, I just realised I've never told anyone that. You know, the amount of times people come in and, and I just, uh, you know, my heart breaks for them, but it also um, goes out to them and it feels wonderful as well because there is that rapport and that's one of the, you know, that's probably the key components to, to helping someone out of whatever it is that they're in is, is that rapport, that trust has to be there. It's, it's, it's implicit. It's, um, and you can't fake it. You can't manufacture that shit. No, no, it's got to be real. It's got to be authentic. Um, to Nick, tell us about dukkha. When you mentioned it, my mind went straight to the Turkish spice rub and I started to salivate at the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that we're going to spend a whole podcast talking about a spice rub. Well, or, or are we? Yeah, maybe. Um, sprinkle it on some ribs and some salad. And uh, yeah, um, dukkha. So dukkha and sukkha is... There's... You can use uh, numerous words, but essentially it's content and discontent or satisfied and dissatisfied or happy or sad or, yeah, they, they, they contrast with one another. Which one's which? And dukkha is not feeling wonderful about things oh. and sukkha is, yeah, this is, this is, everything is, everything is okay. I thought it might be the other way around. So I was like, oh, I didn't get my dukkha, now I'm going to have a sukkah. You've been hanging on to that for about five minutes, haven't you? <laughs> itching. I was itching to get that out. <laughs> I'm laughing at you, not with you. I'm, I'm laughing at me too. <laughs> Um, so yeah, go back to so essentially, you know, think think of us with these egos and these insatiable black holes. You know, if you give a person a million dollars, eventually they want two million dollars. They're not going to be satisfied, and it's 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 our nature. This is why I can't believe we're still in existence because our nature is to be well. Our surface level nature is to be destructive. Our inherent intrinsic nature is to be that Buddha nature that you were speaking of earlier. It's that loving compassion, loving kindness. If you see a dog or a child or another person, you know, 
the suffering, your natural response will be, oh, are you okay? Can I help? So that's when we that's when we're not in our ego that's when we're in our hearts that's that's available to us then so but most people are walking around in their egos and 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 or coming in and out of that ego states and and living in fear of not having enough not being enough the whole this pandemic of not enoughness coursing through society and everyone's living in this fear and and that's that's normal that's just how, how we sort of operate and exist but um when we start to come to contact with something like buddhism and we can understand that all right well that's normal if you want to term it that way but there is another path available to us and and on that path there, there will still be suffering there will still be dukkha but um uh, we can we can learn to yeah that that client yesterday that was that said uh the real deal he um he said what he's noticing is he's he's naturally finding himself in that space between stimulus and response now he's more observing he's he's got a spaciousness about him uh and he said he, he he observed himself observing in that space and and it's like oh i'm surprised at how naturally that's coming to me now um but so he's cultivated that ability within himself and this is what we need to do I mean, if you cultivate compassion cultivate um empathy cultivates an equanimous mind you know he's talking about uh in buddhism they call it a liberated mind if if a, if a mind is is bound up you know it's, it's in a literal sense it's a mind in bondage it's all tied up in knots we call it spaghetti brain but when uh, when we let go of our desires and wanting everything to be different then all of a sudden we have that liberated mind and we are free to observe we are free to respond mindfully compassionately empathetically uh, we're not constantly triggered um, and all of a sudden our relationships flourish whether it's personal or professional and and we can do a better job of society of creating a psychologically safe society you know mm-hmm. where in your in our in our intimate relationships if we're getting triggered and we're we're in fear and we're reactive we're not going to create a safe space for people it's not going to be psychologically safe so people aren't going to want to naturally come out and share their intimate memories or experiences with you so yeah it's a it's just a fun one to play around with uh, am i am i in dukkha or sukha i <laughs> i think i'm in sukha today um you sound I, you sound like it i'm sounding sukha I, it's kind of the like giving up the idea that we're going to get someplace, I suppose, mentally, emotionally, or in the world. You know, you spoke about the, well, if I get $1 million, it won't be long before I want $2 million. And it's like, we, we normalize everything. Our ego normalizes everything really quickly because it's automatically looking to the future and wants more. Um, I was speaking to someone just the other day and it was really interesting. And they, um, were telling me of their experience last week. They, they used to experience, you know, anxiety between a seven and 10 out of 10 every single day for years. And now they don't really experience anxiety at all um, for the last last few years. And um, he said they were at a, at a family thing and, and a situation happened. And he goes, I noticed my 
anxiety went to like a three out of 10. And he's like, it was so uncomfortable. <laughs> like it was compared to what it used to be. It was nothing, but like, it's like, I've now norm before we've normalized seven to 10. Mm -hmm. Right. But now I've normalized kind of this zero or one. And so a three or a four out of 10, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, this is so uncomfortable. I want it to go away. And it's like, that problem never gets if, if you're stuck in that ego like the the problem never gets solved the issue never goes away because all i'll do is normalize the next thing that, that that happens and so it's like completely giving up and sort of taking our hands off the wheel so to speak and and it's i mean this is the whole deal with presence it's saying well things shouldn't be any different than what they are if they were meant to be different than they would be and so I'm not all of a sudden trying to get somewhere else because a lot of people on this path as well, they they have this idea they're going to be fully healed or fully fixed and sunshine's going to come out their asshole and they're never going to have a problem for the rest of their life. And it's just not true. It's like this realization we have to come to that this is, we're in a human body and a human mind and on this place called earth and there's going to be issues and challenges the whole way along. Am I going to be okay? with that or am i going to struggle and fight the whole time because that's what most people do and it's like a lot sometimes you'll find people in older age they finally give up <laughs> they finally go ah oh. so we, we did a whole podcast on the five regrets of the dying right and and one of these i just wish i had to let myself be happier <laughs> it's like let they, they know that i wish i'd let myself be happier not you know i wish the world had have made me happier or i've done happier things i wish i would just let myself be happy with whatever happened and like I, I i love seeing people who can come to that realization well before they're 75 80 years of age uh, have a think about when you were the saddest you've ever felt if someone came along and handed you a million dollars would that have would you have felt genuinely happy and the answer is no because you you would have got a oh i can go and spend money on things externally to make me feel better or whatever but but it's not it's not coming from within you and it's so normal again for people when i when i ask the client how are you and and they say yeah, good. I'm like, are you, after they've done push-ups, I'm like, are, are you are you good? Because everything's gone your way and you've gotten what you wanted and your bank balance is full and people are treating you well. You know, has there been a lack of challenges or obstacles or, or are you good because you're turning up and committing to doing the work every day and, and there's challenges and, and whatever, but you're, you're still here. You're still here. You're still present. And eventually they start to understand the difference between external and internal or outsourced and inherent and and they stop chasing everything out there and they slowly turn inwardly and oh it's all oh it's all in here there it is <laughs> i love but michael singer uh, had a saying in one of his talks that he goes i love how he asks like oh how you been doing today and they go yeah good or not bad or yeah getting through because if they were honest they'd say i'm trying to manipulate the world to be it the way i want it to be in order for me to feel okay inside because <laughs> that would be honest <laughs> i had uh, i heard carl barron you know the comedian the yeah, other yeah. day and he said he said um Australians are so funny. He's like, they're so secretive. Yeah. How are you? Not bad. Where, where are you going? Not far. How, how was it? Like they tell you everything that they're not, not, yeah. not anything that, that you actually are. And it's, it, was, it, was, it was very, very, it's very funny. cryptic. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, why can't you just be honest and, and just uh, <laughs> say how you really are? Um, so I said before about committing every day, I had a chat with a client the other day about um, how ridiculous this whole concept of 
not marriage, but but the till death do us part of marriage. I'm committing to a life, a whole life. To I'm committing to being with you till the end of life, and yeah, that's too big. You can't do that. So I'm saying just just bring it back to a little bit smaller. Just commits to turning up every day. That's it. All I can, all I can commit to is turning up every day and giving my absolute best. And some days I'll knock it out of the park, and some days I'll fuck it up entirely. But I'm committing to doing the work every day on myself. This is my primary job. And then I'm going to go to my occupation and, and to my relationships and to my other things. But this is what I'm committing to every day. And if you can simplify and just look at it that small, then it seems a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. And also understand that whether you have a day where you've feel like you've kicked goals all day and you've done great or there's other days that you feel like you fucked up those days have no bearing on your worth as a human being you know we just get up the next day and we do our best but they're not good or bad and 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 i don't wish i had a magic wand because that'd be very egotistical of me um but I, I I love it when people start shifting out of the You'd seem even more even more wisdomous if you had a wand, maybe a wizard hat <laughs> as well. <laughs> Make it a staff. None shall pass. Nick's oh, wisdomous no. wand. It, it all should be, and this too shall pass. Your <laughs> <laughs> stoic wand. <laughs> um yeah, when, when people get out of it, oh, I fucked up. I did a, I had a bad day or a good day. It's just that when when they get into that neutral space, I had a day, and you know, when they can transcend the polarity, and it's just, uh, I'm I'm not a good or a bad parent. I just am. I'm a parent who's turning up every day and doing their best with what I've got. And uh, my relationship's not good or bad. My relationship is is just two people trying to figure themselves out and figure each other out, and and you know, in in that we can sort of start to look after each other a little bit better. But if we, we can only we can only do that when we remain in so everything's in constant flux. Apparently the law of nature, everything's impermanent, everything's changing. Um I wish this was the same way forever. Okay. Um and and the key to it is to stay in a in a in a a state where you can respond, where you're in this dynamic state where you can respond to the dynamic shifts of everything. And it's not that shifted, oh, no, it's bad, or it's fucked, or it's all gone to shit. It's just that shifted, oh, it's just different. And and she's feeling that way, oh, that's just different, or he looks like that, oh, he's just different. And it's, it's when you're in that space and you're when you can create that, it's just that responsiveness, that dynamic response. It's like, you know, a, a shock absorber on a on a car, the suspension on a car. It's just like up and down, up and down, depending on what the terrain's like. And I just thought of that then. I don't know if that's appropriate. No, no, that, that works. Really, that works. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's I'm 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 not I'm not going oh it's, you know if if you compress because because the terrain's higher uh, and you can't go oh this I hate being this way it just is it's just it's just part of the journey so yeah. when we can let go and, and let all the the rises and the falls happen let the ebb and the flow happen we can enjoy the ride 
Yeah, yeah. That's the key. I want to enjoy it. We're here. I've been reading a little bit about the um, how the structure of our personalities formed, and this book's talking about religion as well at the minute, and it's so interesting. It's saying like most religions, it's like, well, where we came from before we were born was beautiful. Where we're going afterwards is beautiful, but we're suffering while we're here. And it's like, why? Why is it going to be like that? What if What if this is the best place to be? Who knows what's happening before or after, if anything. But what if this was the best place and we're spending the time suffering most of the time, you know, judging ourselves and judging others. Um, what you said before about what if it's the saddest you've ever been and someone brought you a million dollars. It's like that saying, um, you know, there's people who are striving and for money and material possessions. And it's like, I'd rather be crying in a Ferrari. It's like, what a stupid saying. Like what a what a oh, terrible saying! Oh, it's like no. Oh look, Ugh. I nearly threw up in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that would cause a visceral reaction. It's like no, mm. no. Why would you want that? You thought you thought the Ferrari was going to bring happiness. So it's like the thing you wanted was happiness, not really the Ferrari. We want things because of the feeling we perceive they will give us. But the truth is, if we cut out the middleman and say, "Hey, I just want to be, I want to be peaceful, I want to be happy, I want to be content," then um, I don't need all of these things to conditionally make that happen. You use the word desire. I heard a um, kind of a phrase the other day because obviously we think about the um, Buddhist wheel of samsara, this ver- um, cycle of craving and aversion. And so, what is craving? Craving is a desire, right? And so, you know, this this uh, person I was reading said, "There's nothing wrong with desire, so to speak. No. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with the Dick's coordinating people there. There's nothing wrong with desire um, because desire is our juice. It can give us energy, inspiration. However, whatever we are desiring has should not be dependent on our happiness. So it's like I desire, let's say." Um, I'd go, I want to play golf today and I desire to shoot under 80. But whether I do that or not has no, has no, uh, has no impact on my happiness. You're talking about goals and expectations now. So that's the difference. You know, the difference between a goal and an expectation is the attachment. So, and the source of all dukkha or suffering is is that attachment, the desire, the craving, the wanting. I need this to happen, and if it doesn't happen, then it's a fuck day, or I'm a terrible person. But we can set a goal to go and shoot eighty at golf today, but the reality is, so much is out of our control. You know, how realistic is it to? How many people, if you lined 100 people up and they all went right, we're going to go shoot eighty today. How many of them would shoot eighty on the number? Uh, that's hardly right. any of them because it's all it's all out of the control so as you said before hands off the steering or surrender that'd oh, be wonderful if i can shoot 80 and that's the plan that's that's the goal I, I say to clients i agree with you on this level but i disagree with the attachment involved i agree that it would be more ideal for the kids to listen to you or for you know you to shoot 80 at golf or for the world to revolve around you yes that'd be lovely but i disagree with the attachment that you must that must happen you need that in order to be content within yourself so you call that a goal so you you would that your terminology would say well a desire implies an attachment yes okay because then it's like okay i'll just use that terminology so let's say goal and so 
Um, obviously, the golf one's not that. You wouldn't think it's that much or of a big hope, deal. Or, or, or hope, yeah. You can, I, I can hope that the world evolves into a society where we start looking each, after each other. That, that, can okay. be, that, can be a, that can be a hope. You know, yeah. hope, hope, is a, hope is a double-edged sword. Everything's on that spectrum. As soon as you go past a certain point, then that hope turns into the hangman's noose and, and then we're going to turn into suffering because that's when it moves past that critical point, that's where an attachment forms. And so I hope for the world to, to look after each other. Oh, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing to, to wish for. But as soon as it, it doesn't happen and you start being affected, then that tells you immediately that there's been this attachment formed underneath it. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people, we can work with the golf thing or whatever it is, but then those bigger ones are a bit harder. You spoke about the marriage, like till death do us part. And it's like, well, I, I hope or I have a goal or, or a desire that I'm going to be with my partner until the end. But then it's like, well, is that conditional on my happiness? Because then I'm going to have some sort of attachment there. And that will that will play out in a relationship, in my estimation, even whether or not, you know, a separation does or does not happen. But it's so hard to, like, people are so, you know, men cannot stand in the same river twice. You know, two people aren't turning up to the same relationship or marriage every day. So it's constantly shifting. <laughs> I people fall in and out of love. So this because we're changing. So one person may be stagnant and the other person may be growing. When they met, they may have been sort of on the same level roughly, uh, and there was a mutual attraction and connection and, and similarities. Yep. And person A was content in an unhealthy way in their comfort zone. And person B was like, oh, I've got some work to do. And they went on this journey. All of a sudden, they're two entirely different people. And the dynamic of that relationship is changed entirely. It's madness to think that that should last forever, unless they're both in a place where they can fully accept and allow each person to be on that path. Well, that, that in my definition, is love, like complete acceptance of another human being without wanting to change them. I think that's the definition of love. You know, you can. How, how, how many people can love in that way compared to most people are loving in an ego sense? That client, he's, uh, this is really going to be an ego test for this client from yesterday. Um, so if you're listening, mate, just try and observe yourself. He, uh, he, he took his um, ex out for her birthday dinner because he's sitting in this observation and he realized he had the kids and she didn't that on her birthday. And so. He, he took her out for dinner that night and, and I said, how wonderful. That's, a, that's an act of compassion. That's an act of, you know, when you're okay, you're able to give. And, and, and his ego wasn't in place at that time to such a degree that, you know, you just imagine he wasn't there. He, he was, it was, she was there and the kids were there. It was all about them. And just just giving to them and and being mindful and considerate of them. And I was like, what a what a beautiful place to be. That's all. Oh, that's all. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so I thought you you prefaced that by saying he might, but my client was in an ego state, and so you're telling me about this non-ego state, and I was waiting for the but this happened, and it didn't come. No, no, no. Uh, so he, he wasn't in his ego got it, at got it, that got it. state. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you said, how but many people? Like, it is beautiful. It's it's it is. It's, it's, I'm going to give. This is what we can give. We don't need money or things or stuff. We we can. You know, when you're in, when you're okay, when you're not uh, perceiving all these threats around you, when you're not in this sense of deficiency, when you're in the sense of abundance, I have plenty. I, I've got so much to give. I've got so much to offer. I've got some time to offer, and I'm, I'm going to offer it to you and to take you out to dinner so you can connect with your kids. Like that's the. Uh, I expect the world to be like that. Oh, damn, there's that attachment. Yeah. It's like a little exercise you can do is like, um, imagine it. You don't have to say it unless, you know, to your partner, if it's your husband, wife, partner, whatever. Um, just to say it internally, just imagine speaking to them and say, I'd rather be happy than be with you. And then notice the reaction that comes up. Now, for most people, they feel selfish in saying that, which means that we're always projecting onto other people our own sets of, you know, beliefs and, and thoughts and everything, which means that that's kind of what we expect the other way which means that we would rather our partner be with us than them be happy. And so two people get together, and this is most relationships in my estimation, not all but most. So there's two people who would rather stay together than be happy, and they're both miserable a fair amount of the time, but long live love, right? <laughs> and so this is so much attachment and, and strange energy in, in relationships, I find, that um, people are, you know, they'll fall in, we've spoken about this in the podcast before, but they'll fall in love with someone because like, look at this being, look at the way they act. Then all of a sudden those same behaviors a year down the road, they're like, oh, can you stop doing that and embarrassing me in front of people? It's like, for God's sake, if you're trying to change somebody, you don't love them. That's my, my estimation. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to change Emma because she keeps leaving the drawers in the kitchen open. Does that mean I don't love her? Um, well, I don't think you're trying to change her. You're trying to have what are you trying to have her shut the drawers? Yeah, yeah, no, that means you don't love her. <laughs> Sorry, Annie. <laughs> I'll just keep smashing my shins into the drawer and just ah, oh, so fortunate. Have you smashed your shin into the drawer? Yes, all oh, right. <laughs> Look, this is quite an emotional reaction coming up from you, Nick. I it's a, it's a, it's a constant. It's just the the drawers. Um, um, I, um uh, you you've gone to. It's like you've gone to all the effort of opening it, and then you've closed it, but only halfway. It's like you've run out of energy halfway. Mm. It really took it out of me opening that drawer. I, I can't quite get there. It's maybe she's to too maybe she's too focused on on preparing like a lovely meal for you or getting you a drink or something, and that's her number yeah. one. I've got some work to do around that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the thing, though, and, and and it's so inconsequential. It's so, in the grand scheme of everything, a drawer being left open doesn't matter one iota. It's still, sorry, it's still, it jumps out to me. You told us a story on the podcast a while ago, and it still stuck with me because I think it's a really good one, um, that you had a client... And I think it was the 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 kids leaving towels on the floor. And it's mm -hmm. like how in the grand scheme of things, when it's when it's all said and done, you know, 
how how important is that going to be? Because it was causing so much anger and frustration and suffering. How important is that? And I think I remember you saying that he kind of broke down at that point, um, which is beautiful because we realized that, my God, I've been yelling at my kids, but like who fucking cares about some towels on the ground? <laughs> We're on a giant rock spinning through space in the middle of nowhere, not sure why we're here, and I'm freaking out about towels. Mm-hmm. Same yep. with you with the jaws. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. And I understand it and I'm aware of it. But what I'm also aware of is our capacity to self-manage and self-regulate and and, and do the work. Um, there are factors that affect that. And and I've been very tired lately and I've, I've felt like... Um, carrying a lot and doing a lot and i'm you know so i'm I'm probably well not probably i'm not in my um optimal state in 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 terms of that and it has such an effect like an incredible effect today i'm in sukkah i feel great and i feel like mel could do anything and i'll be perfectly okay with it but if you get me a little bit overwhelmed with work not sleeping very good a couple of nights i'm an asshole i'm very aware of it but I become an asshole at times, <laughs> you know. So it's 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 true. You know, we we are affected by these things, and that's why managing and and looking after ourselves is so important because we don't want to be minimized in our own capacity to be loving of other people and ourselves. Mm. Yeah, but we can only give away that which we possess. So if I'm not possessing. If I'm not in possession of a, a calm, unattached mind, if I'm if I'm not if I'm not at peace within myself, I can't be at peace within my relationships. So that's once again we're going to ebb and flow. The suspension. Some days I'm going to be very peaceful, like you are, and then other days I'm I'm going to be a bit unsettled or whatever. And and the key to it is to not have a desire to always be at peace because that's an attachment and that's going to create the opposite which is what you don't want so when i notice i'm getting triggered by a drawer being opened i laugh at myself eventually i have this you know but then i I laugh at myself and how irrational i'm being and i'm like come on buddy it's just a drawer and does it really matter and but you know in that moment i'm I'm doing my best and i'm committing to turning up and doing my best and so i've I don't beat myself up or think I'm a terrible person or whatever. I just, all right, it just, it just is. Exactly. My my worth when I'm an asshole is the exact same as what it is now. And people get freaked yeah. out when I'm like, I'm no better a person when I was a drug addict dealing drugs and doing all this illegal. They're like, what do you mean you're a better person? I'm like, I'm no better. It's, hang on, we've got, who's joining us? <laughs> who is joining us? Who is Melissa oh, joining us from upstairs? I'm on her account. What if it's Buddha? <laughs> what if it's an? What's it? What if it's? Hi, we're we're in the middle of a podcast. I'm so sorry, I was about to record something. Do you I- have anything <laughs> profound to tell us, babe? Um, no, I don't. Are you, are you God? Are you, are you an extra? Are you an extraterrestrial being that's come to? Buddha has manifested as my beautiful partner, Melissa. Oh, wow. Wow, she's got a halo I know the light well. shining behind her head. Oh, and, and, uh, <laughs> hi, Mel. Hi, how are you? I'm all the better for seeing you. Thanks for oh, dropping in. No worries. You guys having a good chat today? This we is are. wonderful. Let's, let, let's, let's use this because it's here and available. 
if if Ryan and I had an expectation that no one should invade this podcast and, and we had these really tight parameters of it's going to be the perfect podcast if it's only us talking about everything we think and know and then Mel sort of miraculously pops in, that would trigger someone. They'd be like, oh, fucking hell, I can't believe you. What are you, what are you doing? You should have known I was in the podcast. And they can get all hectic mm-hmm. and distorted. But but it's, it's wonderful. I had a beautiful hear. welcome in. So thank you very much. I think it's added to the podcast. I think this has made it the perfect podcast. It's a surprise guest. Hey, what, 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 what if it's our first surprise guest? Yeah. This is great. Uh, it, Ryan just said he his worth is equal when he's an asshole or when he's when he when he's um, loving. Is, is that is that true? Do you love him equally when he's an asshole and when he's when he's in his heart? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's taken a few years for him to kind of, and for me to go, okay, this is a part of him and I accept that as well. And I just need to adjust my expectation or perception of who I think he should be. And I just see it within within myself and whatever aspect he's showing. So So you're surrendering your attachments to what would be more ideal for me, it would be more convenient for me if Ryan was just saying nice things right now. That's right. And when when he's not like that, I've learnt to kind of allow him to express those things so he feels safer to express all of himself, um, including the anger. And Like sometimes I give him shit a little bit, like if he's getting angry, I'm like, look, you go, baby, getting angry, like... (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I know. <laughs> yeah. No, but Melissa's greatly helped me in this respect. You know, even a couple of years ago, I would go through some depressive periods and um, and she would tell me like, you know, I love you just as much now when you're depressed as when you're all excited and happy because that was my, you know, wheel of addiction. It wasn't so much drugs and everything, but it was just to be excited and up and about and great all the time, um, mm. which is not healthy. And mm. I think um, I think the part of not walking on eggshells in a relationship is, yeah, when he was, like, depressed, I cracked it sometimes. I was like, I'm really resentful. And he, and somebody <laughs> reminds me of that. But, like, I think having a relationship where you can, no matter how the other person is, you still feel safe to express yourself um, and be yourself is just so freeing. So that's mm. been like, mm. a real, really cool aspect of our relationship, I think. Well, we were talking before, Mel, about a, a liberated mind and, you know, a, a relationship is a co-creation of what two people are bringing and you're bringing all your good bits, but you're bringing all your neurosis and all your your, yeah. your, your not-so-ideal bits as well. And all of that needs to be included in, in, the, in the recipe, doesn't it? Not-so-ideal bits? What are those bits? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're very wisdomous in this. Yeah, podcast. Nick, Nick used the term wisdomous earlier. So, but Ryan and I have had chats about like our past relationships and how you pretend everything's okay and you try to reject your negative aspects and you you notice this but you don't say anything and then you get to the point where you don't even like have a proper conversation or know each other anymore. Like it's, everything is swept under the rug and it's not really a relationship. It's like a surface level friendship almost mm. um, where you're pretending everything's okay. So that's, that's why you have to include all the negative kind of aspects and embrace them. And then you can, and 
and, and you have to go with non-attachment where like it could end tomorrow. How the fuck do I make the most out of today with them? I think Mel's been watching our show, Nick, because she's come in with the exact theme that knows. we've been talking about. You've been listening from upstairs. She's she, she's bugged your office and she's going, I want to get in on this. I'm, I'm going to. Yeah, whoops, whoops. I went to record something. Oh, oh. It's so, it's so challenging. I love what you're saying, Mel, but it's so, it's so, um, well, it's impossible when the egos are still active and the egos are trying to conflict resolution and problem solve. The ego can't solve problems. The ego can't reduce conflict. And But people are still trying to argue and come out of this heightened state while, while being in, in those attachments still. It's, mm. yeah, it's just not going to work. Yeah, and the ego only knows what everything that you've learned up until this point, like you're not going to learn anything new. It's just regurgitated protection or information. So when like, you mean when you speak, you're only repeating what you already know. <laughs> no, unless you're channeling so, intuition, like then you're going to be. That's, that's, that's me in the office most days. I've got no idea what the hell I'm saying half the time. Speaking in tongues, saying wisdom is. <laughs> <laughs> I, love it. I love it when you write something or you say something and you're like, where the hell did that come from? That was really yes. Yes. Well, that's what a lot of, you know, like whether it's comedians, maybe writers, artists, they have trouble, I think, taking credit for their work because these new ideas seem to come from out here somewhere. They don't seem self-generated. So it's really interesting in that aspect. Well, the ego's not present to, to try and claim it. It's like, yes, this is me. I did this. Look how amazing I am. It's like, no, eh, no, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> back, in your, back, in, back in your hole, little buddy. Oh. You can't just be like, I'm just going to reject the ego because it's there. You've got to, it's actually just like a relationship, just like if your partner would, is an aspect of your ego, it's like you have to like you, um, learn from it through loving it and making it feel safe. Like if you just keep like, pushing your partner in the room when they're trying to say something. It's like, you're not going to, the relationship's not going to go anywhere. So, yeah. Got to embrace it all. That, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Work, work with the nature instead of against it. Embrace yeah. the not so ideal bits. That's Nick's mm. relationship program okay. and see it. I think that's, that's me done. I think I might bow on out. Oh, what a, what a cameo. <laughs> and the award goes to... <laughs> Uh, well, thanks babe. for dropping in. Thanks uh, for dropping in. No worries. You guys. Bye. Bye. I was going to say earlier, we, uh, we, I do a lot of work with couples, but they're doing programs individually. And, and when they start doing the work within themselves, they're strengthening their own foundations. And in doing so, they start strengthening their relationships foundations. And so when adversity naturally comes along and rocks the foundation it's able to withstand a whole lot more you know it's more resilient um it's, it's not more rigid we're not we're not trying to create a rigidity but it's more resilient in in oh it's oh, that's not so bad oh that's not so problematic oh oh we can actually deal with this we can come together and work through this as, as, a, as a as a we not as a me and a you 
Yeah, I think that's what that's what we would do as well at the center is is work with people individually. And I think the word used there, having the foundation strong, so important because when you you do work with people and what you'll find is people will start to own their this is part of the work, own their emotional reactions in a relationship, take ownership for them and start to work through them. Maybe if there's an overreaction, like where did that come from? How can I think about that differently in future? And so when both people are then coming together in relationship from a place of owning their own emotional reactions, then I think great growth can happen in a relationship from that point. And when, when I say you got to, you know, own everything within yourself, that doesn't mean like, oh, I'm going to own everything and, you know, my partner can just do whatever they want. No, like part of owning that is also owning the fact that maybe you don't have very strong boundaries and you tolerate things that you know you shouldn't. And so you then have to set a boundary from a place of no ego, um, just around self-respect and self-worth. A lot of the time people aren't present and so they're not in control and and anxiety by its nature is very controlling so most people misbelieve that they are in control but true control is actually freedom and that comes from that liberated mind um and and that that it takes great strength to let go uh, of what we think should be happening or what i'd prefer to be happening it takes a lot of strength to, to just go okay well this is just occurring and this is this is perfect it's exactly as it's as it's meant to be and so be it and it's going to pass it's only temporary and being in that space when when, when you're in a position where you can see yourself as a see your relationship as a place to give instead of a place to take then you know both people can can start contributing to the well instead of one person contributing and the other person just drinking or both people just drinking for the well it's going to dry up pretty quick so we've got to we've got to go and both pour both contributes to it and um it just gets better after that. Yeah, I think life, uh, part of it's really trying to be okay with the inherent uncertainty of life and that means overcoming a lot of the software we have installed in the old noggin up here. You know, we spoke about the start of this conversation was about how we've killed each other and destroyed, you know, I read the book Sapiens. I think we've destroyed about 90% of the world's um, uh, animal species over the, over the past however many thousand years and, um the reason why we have become, you know, so overly, you know, dominant as a species, even though we aren't physically, I can't take on a lion in a fight, bare hands, certainly not, is because this brain is constantly trying to predict the future. So we can work in groups and we can, you know, get through. So we have this software that's installed based on survival that's like, you know, make sure the future is as certain as possible, which is like a grasp control, yet, I think part of it's trying to be okay with it being inherently uncertain because, you know, we're okay now. Like uh, most of this, well, the places where we live in the planet, like we're okay. Like, you know, I'm not fighting for my survival every day, but I'm wrestling with these things like what's someone going to say about me? What's that other person on the side of the street? Why are they looking at me weird? Um, oh, shit, the news is telling me that everything's fucked. It's like, you know, being able to let go, take your hands off the wheel to an extent. And it's hard, you know, but better what. It's just training attention at the end of the day. This requires repetition. Yeah, I think that the unknown is 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 a great source of stimulus that triggers the mind. The mind really likes things to be in pigeonholes and boxes and labelled and and structured and organised. And it's uh, you know we're all hardwired to feel safe and secure. And the only way 
a lot of people think they can feel safe and secure is to rush off into the future and create this illusion of control, that this illusion of it's This is all, how it will go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's, that's an expectation. That's an attachment. That's a desire. Um, and, and when the reality of what is is in contrast to the reality of what you're trying to create, then conflict, conflict. Ah, oh, and I'm upset and woe is me and pity party. And it's everyone's just deeply insecure for some reason. It's, it's so, I don't know. I don't know, it's just there's this, this is deep insecurity, like I'm not going to be okay. Well, yeah, but I mean, from a collective point of view, like turn on the news, you know, flick on social media, um, look at no, ads. No, you know, no. Don't do that. <laughs> actually, don't do actually, that. yeah, don't. That's a terrible prescription. <laughs> That's a terrible idea. But you know, if, if you do it, do it for a day and then stop, and you'll realize why. Everybody's like that. You know, we're, we're being made afraid on the news. Uh, we're being made to argue with people on social media. And we're all marketing is telling us we're not enough because we don't have this product or experience. There you go. Yeah, but that's where we need to take a sense of ownership and be responsible for our happiness and... and <laughs> so look, don't, look, don't watch the news. Don't go on social media. Uh, <laughs> don't look at marketing. Exactly. Be clear, be clear, people. Uh, but just tell yourself every day, I'm okay. I, I, I will handle whatever whatever comes along. I, I'm, I've got this, and start living in a sense of trust instead of that sense of fear, and just just feel how different each day is. It's um, it's night and day. It's very contrasting. All right, I got to run, Nico. That was great. That was a good yeah. talk. We had a surprise guest. I think you know. So good. That's what happens so, when you have no attachment. I know, right? Things happen. It's just and it, it, everything's available. Anything can can come, and it's all okay. Oh, who's Um All right. Well, shout out to shout out to all our listeners today because they um, there's a lot of really wonderful feedback. People are really. I'm, I'm I'm constantly wonderfully surprised when when I hear oh I've listened to the podcast and you know a client will get in touch oh I've been listening to you know for a while and they live in the most obscure places and 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 uh, you know we started this whole thing just to hang out together and just to just to be idiots and um, but apparently the 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 word getting back to us is that it's it's actually having quite a quite a ripple effect. So um, yeah, shout and out to everyone who's, yeah. who's listening. And it's just it's such a privilege and an honour for us just to be able to talk about some of these topics. And um, but our intention was yes to hang out. But if people were going to listen, then we we're hoping it was going to add value. And then the feedback we're getting is that it is. And so uh, we're going to keep doing it. Yeah. So get don't get kicked in the dick by a kangaroo. Yeah. Oh. God, imagine that. Imagine one of those big red kangaroos, you know, one of those big ones. Whack. Just a th it'd be a thud. Just a thud. Man. Hey, how'd, how'd, um, how'd Ryan die? I heard he passed away. Yeah, he got kicked in the dick by a kangaroo. <laughs> What's that? What was that old website, the Darwin Awards or something? People who die in really funny circumstances. Yeah, yeah I'd end up on that. Yeah. All right, no, no fighting kangaroos. Stop watching news. Get off social media. Go and hug someone you love. Peace out, everyone. Peace out. Bye. 
Thank you for tuning in to the Woke Blokes podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also, leave us a five-star rating. We thank you so much, and we'll see you all next time.